Hi everyone, Sandman here. This video is sponsored by a donation from Jeff, and he sent me this long comment, so without further ado, I want to read it for the first half of the video, and thus do an analysis in the second half. This is what Jeff essentially has to say. Hi Sandman, I recently discovered your videos after doing a YouTube search for Marriage is Not Worth It. I instantly became a lifetime fan when I found your video called My Journey into MGTOW. While watching that video, I kept thinking to myself, is this guy talking about my life? A quick background about myself. I'm a 29-year-old guy in his final year of medical school. I had confidence issues in the first two years of medical school. It was likely due to my constant struggling for the first time in academics. Med school has a way of taking the highest achieving science majors in college and then stratifying them. I worked hard to stay afloat and had to retake many of my exams. Anyway, after my second year, I decided to join a dating site. Like you, I wasn't too serious about it. And I sent a few messages here and there and received a decent amount of replies. I think it had something to do with the part about me wanting to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. I ended up meeting Jane online, who was a 22-year-old junior at the Undergrad College near my med school. She was studying biology, so we had stuff to talk about. She told me how she had dreams of becoming a veterinarian which drew me to her as I thought she was more ambitious than the majority of women that I've come across online. We met a few times, and after that, one day she told me that we should be in a relationship, and I agreed. And then commenced a two-year period of hell. In the summer between my second and third years in med school, I allowed Jane to move in with me. Her rent had basically run out, and she said that she'd pay me half of the rent and split it. Like an idiot blinded by love, I agreed. My third year of medical school was as tough as the television shows would have you believe. 12 to 15 hour days at the hospital, 6 to 7 days a week. Things started to go downhill pretty quickly. Jane didn't do housework, so I had to spend time cleaning the house. Everything from cleaning the floors to washing the dishes. Jane became lazy. She also had sporadic work and spotty hours. But she was able to pay the rent, though never on time and she ended up buying animals that she couldn't afford and expected me to take care of them and pay for them. Other issues also came up. It turned out that she had severe anxiety and panic issues. When her problems became especially tough, she would often cut herself on her thighs. She refused to see a psychotherapist or psychiatrist about her problem. She would, however, go to a psychiatrist, but it was to get her Adderall and Xanax filled. She would always get a higher dose of Adderall than she needed so that she could basically sell the remaining pills and make some extra money. When I confronted her about this, she threw a fit about how I was breaking the law every day by speeding. I told her that if I were to be together with her long term, I couldn't risk my career with her doing this kind of behavior. She then became angry and accused me of only thinking of myself. On top of this, I discovered that she had developed an opiate problem, which turned into a heroin problem. You know the stereotype that drug addicts will always have money for drugs, but never money for rent. This is absolutely true. The rent money basically stopped coming in. I asked her to move out at this point, and then we fought, and then we made up. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat until she had enough money to pay for her late rent. Through all of this, she refused to seek help for her addiction problems. A few months ago, she had enough of her science major. Her study habits were basically insufficient and she had failed freshman chemistry four times despite her status as a super senior. I tried to help her study when I could and basically told her that chemistry is not like the other classes where you could study the night before and get an A. 
but she never listened. She changed her major over to English, something that she could handle. When I asked her about her future career goals, she got angry, and she accused me of always trying to stress her out. Furthermore, she said that my future salary would be enough for both of us. I had always suspected that she felt this way, but hearing it gave me an instant headache. The relationship went on and on, rent was not paid on time, and she was likely still using heroin, although she stopped and relapsed too many times to count. And she was also still filled with anxiety, as well as panic, and she still had me taking care of her. Our last major fight was following a discussion about our future. I told her that I would not be marrying her because she didn't seem emotionally stable. I think I would have gotten a more tame response had I called her on her obese cow-like behavior. She's not fat, by the way, but you know what I mean. The relationship finally ended a few weeks ago when I asked her to either pay the rent or get out. I was forced to take off time from my clinical duties to deal with her departure, but it was well worth the scolding I got from my attending physician when I ended up returning. Strangely, when I explained to him my situation in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, he told me that he understood and would not be reporting me to the School of Medicine for skipping my duties. The look in his eye told me that he had been through something like this in the past. During the final year of med school, the stress of having to deal with med school, in addition to her bullshit, really took its toll. I failed my board exam, which meant that I would not be able to graduate with my peers. I'd have to retake it in the fall, and then apply for residency then. In the end, this whole ordeal sounds like what you've described in your video about your past relationship. I had made her a better person in the end, but I ended up paying the price. I had been taking care of an overgrown child. I had done the things that her parents should have done all along. Her mother didn't even discipline her at all when she was a child. She had also coerced me into living with her on essentially my own dime. She had milked my resources. And the worst part is that she had disrupted my career. Of course, there are some good things that came out of this all along. I dodged a major bullet by not staying with her over the long term. Imagine my losses if I had married this particular girl. I now have a much more cynical and suspicious view of women. I have also become a MGTOW. Tommy Sotomayor said it best in one of his recent videos. He said that he would gladly trade his time and resources to man up and work hard, and let her live in his home and give her his money. But the condition is that she must woman up to be feminine and allow him to be in charge, and not give him any attitude. That's all I've got to say, Sandman. Cheers. Jeff. Well, thanks for your story, Jeff. And I hope you don't mind me calling this video Captain Sabaho. Many of us men have suffered through what I can only describe as Captain Sabaho Syndrome because we are genetically and socially programmed to protect both women and children. And when women like Jane take advantage of our desires to be protectors and providers, then we naturally want to give them more of ourselves. The more we want to save them, the more we allow them to fail and take less real responsibility for their own lives. For you, Jeff, it took a long time, and it was also very difficult for you to get to this breaking point. Jane was basically a drug addict. She failed at her schooling as well as her career and she had mental health issues, and you stuck it out with her and tried to fix her and help her. It's painful to hear, but men are often told that women are the better nurturers, and men are basically the providers. The longer I live, the more I see men in my generation doing both. We are increasingly providing the cooking, cleaning, and running the household, and yet men are still insulted for not doing enough housework, even though they have to work full-time. Women seem to be suffering from Peter Pan Syndrome and are increasingly allowed not to grow up. They don't seem to want a woman up, as Tommy Sotomayor had mentioned. I also think this has a lot to do with projection. 
When women tell men to man up, they are essentially projecting their own personal issues onto the psyche of a man. In fact, they secretly want to tell themselves to woman up, but it's easier to project their problems onto males instead. This is just wrong on so many levels. But the tragedy is that many women do this for as long as they can. They bounce around from relationship to relationship, using up a man's patience in that particular coupling. Men like us used to have hope that women would just see the light and adjust their behavior and become better human beings. My advice to you, Jeff, is not to feel bad about leaving Jane. Women like her need to hit rock bottom before they learn about how terrible they truly are. That's because she's probably a narcissist. She needs to end up on welfare or homeless, living on the street before she smartens up. That's what my friend, the psychotherapist, says. According to him, when people with narcissistic personality problems fail, they have no one else to blame except themselves. And at that point, they start to look inwards and see the mistakes that they've made all along. Men are often allowed to get to this point because we typically see homeless men on the streets. But women, on the other hand, are sheltered from this to a certain extent because men always seem to come to the rescue and always end up becoming Captain save People say that women don't end up on the street because society won't let them hit rock bottom. I say let's let both men and women hit rock bottom. Why not? Another interesting idea would be to imagine if people in general could only live off the income that they personally made. No more inheritance or mooching off of other people. Can you imagine how many homeless women there would be on the streets? I'm sure the number of homeless women would far outnumber the men by tenfold. If such a situation were allowed to happen, then many Western countries would have large numbers of homeless women wandering the cities, like in the country of India. But most of the women in our society aren't allowed to fail, especially if they work in the public sector. In that case, if they do fail, they often fail their way to the top. Jeff, when you first met Jane, it seemed like everything was going to work out for you. She would become a veterinarian, and you would both become successful and have a great life together. You used your logic and reason to see and extrapolate this trend in her behavior. And I always hear that the past is the best indicator of future behavior. So you did all of the right things initially. But what does everyone else think about this particular situation? Do you think that Jeff should go out and date again? And if he found a woman that seemed both logical and rational and in the sciences, and she turned out to be this horrible way then that deals a blow to the idea of finding a Nawalt in the sciences right out of the water. Ultimately, it sounds to me that Jane has sabotaged her life so that you could basically feel sorry for her and rescue her like Captain Savaho. You were supposed to be her doctor in a shining white lab coat, and I bet she couldn't see you kicking her to the curb the way you did. Many women that think they have a man in their emotional clutches never see it when that particular man ends up leaving them. They think their manipulation skills are just that good. Anyways, that's all I've got to say for today's video. Thanks to everyone for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.